0: I'm excited to be able to stand here before you on Pentecost Sunday and to be able to share what God has placed in my, on my heart for you today. If you'll go with me uh, to the book of Acts, chapter number 1, we're going to read verses 4 and 5. Um, and uh, it'll be on the screen. You can follow along on the YouVersion app if you'd like. It says this, on one occasion while he was eating with them, speaking of Jesus, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit." I want to talk to you on the subject power for purpose because today is a day that we celebrate the beginning of the church. But we celebrate the fact that Jesus made good on a promise that he made to his people. Jesus made good on a promise that he made to his people. I'm just grateful. Can I just pause and say I'm grateful for his faithfulness. I'm grateful that the Bible can be trusted. I'm grateful that his word is the same. I'm grateful that heaven and earth will pass, but his word will never pass. I'm grateful that the flower fadeth, that the grass withereth away, but his word remains forever. Jesus made good on a promise that he made to his people that he would leave them with more than principles but that he would give them power. In Acts chapter 1, what we're seeing here is a a conversation that is taking place post-resurrection. Jesus has risen from the dead, uh, and he's having this conversation with his disciples, uh, these people that were his apprentices, these people that were his mentees. They had sat at his feet for three-plus years. They had eaten with him. They had taken boat rides with him. They had been rebuked by him. They had been corrected by him, and in one of the Final conversations, or actually the final conversation that Jesus has with them, he tells them, "Don't you do anything? I know, I know that that you've been with me. I know that you've been in my presence for three plus years. But don't you do anything until you receive the gift my my Father promised. I know you have been trained, but don't go out and teach yet. Don't attempt to pray for the sick. Don't try to engage in ministry until you receive." The gift my father promised. Isn't it interesting though? When you look at the picture, if someone has been in realistic terms, if someone has been mentored for three plus years, you would think they would have the sufficient training. And understanding to be able to go out and do what they need to do. They you think you would think that they had been educated, they had been coached enough that they would have everything at their reach to be able to go and do what Jesus is calling them to do. But Jesus was emphasizing here with his disciples: if you are going to live out your calling, you need more than principles, you need power. You need more than education and information. You need more than knowledge that he he tells him, you need assistance. You need assistance to be able to do, to be able to live out the life that I've called you to live. Can I tell you that it was never God's expectation. It was never his expectation that God's people would live out his principles without his power. I'll say that one more time. It was never his expectation that God's people, you and I, would live out his principles without his power. We need power for the principles. We need power for the principles because Jesus calls us to do some things that are that is seemingly impossible for us to do in our own strength. How can I love my enemies? How can I turn the other cheek? How can I bless those who curse me? I I, I want to give you help. God knows that we can't do it without his power, but that we need him on the inside. Amen. And he says, I want to give you more than just hope. I want to give you some help. I want to give you more than hope. I want to give you help. Look what he says in John 14, 16 and 17. And I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. Jesus spent the majority of his time with his disciples telling them that they needed more than just principles. Uh, Jesus understood that that the father creates uh, and he understood that the son redeems, uh, but he also understood that the Holy Spirit empowers. And in the time that we're living in, And in the time that we're living in right now, can I tell you, we need a little bit of heaven on earth. We are. We live in a time where we are impacted, when we are affected and infected by by so many different things that, that are taking place in, in a world that has gone down from worse to worse. But can I tell you that, that in this time, we need a little bit more of heaven on earth. When we're dealing with a future that is uncertain and kids that act crazy. And that when we deal with a time that we are not sure what the next season of our life looks like looks like that we need a little bit of heaven on earth he put the spirit on the inside that for every moment for for at, for every season at every turn at every moment that we would need his power that we would rely on more than our own strength but that we would rely on him we see this in the life of Jesus the spirit at work in the life of Jesus we understand that Jesus was born by the spirit, the virgin birth. Luke chapter 1, verse 35, watch what it says. The angel answered uh, because uh, the angel has has visited Mary and said, you have f- found favor and you're going to give birth to a son. His name shall be uh, Jesus and the Holy Spirit will come on you, Mary, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Mary, in essence, the conversation went like this. Mary, the Holy Spirit spirit will empower you to birth what you cannot do on your own the holy spirit will empower you to birth what you cannot do on your own can i tell you that the spirit is still at work today in the very same fashion that the spirit enables us and allows us to do what we cannot do on our own it is not by might and it is not by power but it is by his spirit says the lord he was born by the spirit And then Jesus was baptized in the Spirit. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And he was praying. Heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. His identity was affirmed when the Spirit Was released. His identity was affirmed when the Spirit was released. After the Holy Spirit descended, God said, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Can I tell you that some people don't have their identity because they don't have the Helper? The Holy Ghost that affirms and confirms who we are. The Holy Spirit that, that God promised us affirms our identity that tells us this is who I created you to be. This is the path that I want you to walk. This is where I want you to go. Jesus was baptized in the Spirit. He was born by the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, and then Jesus was led by the Spirit. Luke chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, he left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. He was full of, so he was led by. Because you'll always be led by what you're full of. You'll always be led by what you're full of. Whatever you are full of will lead you. If you're full of anger today, anger will lead you. If you're full of hurt, that is what's driving you. That is a driving force. If you're full of bitterness, it will lead you. If you're full of emotions, that will lead you consequently. But can I tell you, if we're going to be filled by anything, can we just make up in our minds to say, Lord, I want to be filled with your spirit. Let your spirit fill me so that I can be full and I can be led by your spirit. And let the spirit lead you in a time where fear wants to grip the entire world. In a time where fear wants to grip the entire world, we have to recognize what what the word says. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have to recognize that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. He was birthed by the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, led by the Spirit. Then Jesus was anointed by the Spirit. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus stands up in the synagogue and says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim Good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. Watch all these incredible things that take place. But the first thing that takes place is the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. To proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. And to set the oppressed free. Because the truth is that we need him. Because gifts make us impressive, but the anointing makes us impactful. Gifts can make you impressive, but the anointing makes us impactful. When we work our gift, we work. But when the anointing works through us, God works. When I work my gift, I work. But when I let the anointing work, God works. Watch what happened in Acts chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. It's one thing for the gift to work. He was not just speaking. No, he was letting God speak to him. It's one thing to let the gift work, but it's another thing to let God work through the gift. It is the distinguisher. It is the distinction. It is the separation. It's what makes the difference between good ideas and God ideas. And he wants it for us. He wants it for us because, truth be told, I don't want to be impressive. I want to be impactful. And it is the Holy Spirit that allows us to move into where God moves. And it's, it is through the Spirit that allows us to see what God can do. Then finally, Jesus was resurrected. Resurrected. By the Spirit. Watch this, Romans 8 and 11. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. Let me put it this way the Spirit enables us to recover from what others died in. The Spirit enables us to recover from what others died in. Not in a literal sense, but I'm using it in a metaphorical sense. Because some people's joy died in that season, but yet you survived. Some people's hope vanished in that season, but yet you came out on the other side. You came out of it. Some people, it is the spirit of the living God in us that makes the difference. So if Jesus, can I put it this way? If Jesus was born by the Spirit, if he was baptized by the Spirit, if he was led by the Spirit, if he was anointed by the Spirit, and if he was resurrected by the Spirit, how much more should each of us in this place who want to be more like Jesus be filled with the Spirit? If I want to be like Jesus, I can follow his example and be filled with the Spirit. Because without it, we have what Paul said we'll have a form of godliness. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. We need him. And, and through what is known, what the Bible describes as regeneration, we have him on the inside. Paul said, Don't you know that you are the temple? of the Holy Spirit. The disciples, when I look at it, the disciples had him in person, but when he ascends to the Father, he goes and on the day of Pentecost, they go, the people, the followers of Jesus go from indwelling, just having him in around, but they go from an indwelling to an infilling experience. And what what I mean by that is the infilling of the Spirit is not how much of the Spirit you have, but how much of the Spirit has you. It's not how much of the spirit you have, but how much of the spirit has you. Because through the process, when I'm born again, as I accept Jesus as my Savior, he indwells me. But as I surrender myself to him, he infills me. And I experience him at a greater level and in greater ways. What does this look like? Paul says in the book of Ephesians, what does this look like? What does it look like to be infilled by the Spirit? Watch what Paul says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 18. We have to be influenced by the Spirit. Look what he says Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Look at the comparison that the Apostle Paul is making, he uses intoxication as an example of what the spirit-filled life ought to look like. That we would be, because when someone's intoxicated, they lose their inhibitions. They speak truth. They lose the control, they, they've lost control of their body to be, they, they're, they're impaired. And truly how they're perceived and how they're looked at doesn't really matter to them. And Paul is saying this, that the same way that wine influences someone when they're intoxicated, they're not themselves. It, was, it wasn't me. I can blame it on that. The same way that wine influences someone when they are intoxicated, Paul says, it is the same way that the Holy Spirit in your life should operate when you are filled. That we would not live, but that that we would be crucified with him. that, That I would lose my inhibitions, and that I would lose my wants, and that I would lose my desires, and that I would say, you know what, it's not about John, it's about what Jesus wants to do in my life. That I, would be, that I would be open to the fact to say, you know what? Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. We need the Spirit leading us. There's three things that I want to share with you about this. The first is this. We need to understand him. We need to understand him. I get that depending on how you grew up and your background, um, it may have been packaged in a way that, that has been standoffish to you. I, I grew up where church wasn't good if you didn't run the aisles and hang from the chandelier. Some of you from a, from a different extreme, but we need to understand what the Spirit is. Truly. Truly. Because we can't confuse the infilling with an expression. No, we, we understand that, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity. It is not an it. It's a he. It is the person of the Holy Spirit. He, and he wants to indwell in our lives. But he also wants to infill. So we need to get to a place for me to understand him. I need to get to a place where the Holy Spirit can guide us. Because as we understand him, he does three things. These are subpoints under this first point. We need to understand him because he wants to be, he wants to do three things for us. He wants to be our developer. He wants to be our developer that, that guides us and that leads us. You know, when, when you walked away from something and you're like, man, that was good. And then the spirit whispers in your ear, no, no, it wasn't. And you're like, yeah, you're right. Shouldn't have done that. He wants to be our developer, that that our character would be developed. And that we would be more and more like him. The Holy Spirit wants to do some correcting in us because when the Holy Spirit does some correcting in us, it allows us to be susceptible and open to him and it also closes down for others to have to correct us. The Holy Spirit wants to grow us and and develop us day in and day out that we would be more and more like Jesus. He wants to be our distributor. He distributes to you the gifts that you need in the season that you find yourself to be able to carry out the tasks that you need. He gives you just enough for what you're facing right now. He gives you just enough tenacity and energy, and you're like, I don't know how I'm doing what I'm doing right now. My my strength has been zapped, but it's the Holy Spirit that distributes the strength and the ability and the innate God-given tenacity to do what he has called you to do. He wants to be your developer. He wants to be your distributor. And he wants to be our director. He wants to be your your sixth sense to lead you by promptings, to give you information that would not be available to you in any other way but through His presence in your life, That, that innate prompting to say, I should sell now, or that. Prompting to say I should buy now or I should move now. I should go now. I should speak now. I should hold my peace now. He wants to direct you. He wants to direct you in your marriage, in your family. He wants—he can help you be a better husband. He can help you be a better wife. He can help you be a better parent. He wants to direct us. But the question is, will you let him? We need to understand him. The second thing is is that we need to embrace him. We need to embrace him because we can't shy away from the fact the Bible speaks more about the Holy Spirit and the Spirit moving in us, alive in us, working in us, than principles. We need his spirit. So where does this fit in my life? I I need to embrace him. I need to embrace him because I have to love my Bible more than I love my tradition. That we would embrace him because we need him. Some people have resisted an infilling experience because they have confuse the infilling experience with an expression. And the truth is that he he wants to just dwell in us, that, that he would guide us, that he would lead us. It's a spirit that leads and guides us to all truth. So could you embrace him this morning? wherever you find yourself in life, could you just say, maybe I've, I've been standoffish to this idea and maybe you know, you're okay with the Father, you're okay with the Son, but the Holy Spirit, I, I don't know about that. Jesus calls it our helper. He calls it our advocate. And it's available to you today. He wants to be our help. And the final thing is this. You we understand him, we embrace him, and we unleash him. And, and what that means is this. First Thessalonians 5:19 says that this way, Paul writes and says, Do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. Do not suffocate. Do not ignore. Do not dismiss the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I've experienced this not just through through text, but through my personal life. In my life, you, you read the word differently. Certain decisions that you make can just lead you in a way that you just see God at work. I'll share a recent example with you. We we did most recently a series entitled Baggage. And I'll tell you that Pastor Israel and I had talked about the preaching plan and that was not the direction that we were going to go. And we were going to do some standalone messages and lead us in right into Mother's Day. But God kept tugging at my heart. Kept tugging at my heart and I just couldn't let it go. I couldn't seem to shake the idea. I wanted to save that for, for a different time. But can I tell you it's not about what John wants. I have to be open and say, God, what can you give me a rhema word, a, a right now word for your people. And I'll tell you that I don't know if we've received as much feedback as we have on any other series as we did for that one. And I can't take any of the credit. It is all God. It is all God. But he'll lead you and he'll direct you. He'll say, you know what? Go talk to your child right now. Go talk to your child. Check on him. Check on her. He'll lead you and say, you know what? Why don't you check on that brother that sat next to you at church? There there seemed to be something wrong. And you just go, hey, I just wanted to encourage you. It's the Holy Spirit that does the work in us. And through us. It can radically revolutionize your walk with God today if you let him. He is our help. He is our advocate. He wants you to have it. And this is what he said. And this is why. While it it allows you to have the promptings and it allows you to be able to be efficient and effective at what you do. Jesus said this, he goes, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, your home city first, in Judea, Samaria, and then until the ends of the earth, you will be my witnesses. The infilling experience of the Holy Spirit allows you to be a witness to the world because the truth is that God wants us to impact our world. Wow. While the world may be too big, but you have a world, your family, your friends, the people in your surroundings, God wants us to impact our world with his power. You can love your neighbor because of his power in us. You can love your neighbor as you love yourself. Not just the good neighbor, it says. It just says love your neighbor as you love yourself. You have the power to forgive. It is possible because of the power of the Holy Spirit working in In us, we are empowered and equipped and enabled to be his witnesses. And it's available to you. Father, we thank you today. I thank you today for the person of the Holy Spirit. I thank you that you said, I will not leave you as orphans. But I will send you a helper. And there's some of us in this place today, God, that have been going through some rough patches and we need a little help. There's some of us that need some direction and some guidance and we need a little bit of help. Thank you for being our advocate. Thank you Right now, for the presence of the Holy Spirit that dwells deep down on the inside, God, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would direct us, that you would speak to us, that you would empower us, that you would equip us, that you would enable us. that we would be able to live out the calling that you've placed on our lives to be able to move into the next season of our lives. Right now we make room, Lord, that we, we wanna be filled with your spirit, that we would lose control to the Spirit, that the Spirit would lead us and guide us and do the work. Holy Spirit, help us become better husbands. Holy Spirit, help us become better wives. Holy Spirit, help us become better families. Holy Spirit, help us become better grandparents, aunts, uncles, sons and daughters. Help us, Holy Spirit, in every aspect. God, we leave no area unaccessible, God, but we ask that you would come and and inundate hearts and minds, spirits, God, that we would live out the promise that is available to us. The promise that is available to us. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit in each of our lives. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe today's your first day that you're here. Maybe today's a day that you have not, had not even planned to be here, but God, God, Tugged at your heart. Somebody called you. Somebody texted you. And maybe your first step is is saying, "Jesus, I need you. I need to accept you as my Lord and Savior." You've tried to work things out on your own. You've tried to do life in your own strength and ability. He calls you. The Bible tells us that He stands at the door and He knocks. And if you hear his voice, you have to open the door. He'll come in. And if that's you today, you say, I want to live the life that, that he died to give me. Live the life, the blessed life that your parents are living or maybe that your, that your children are living. Whatever the circumstance may be, it's available to you today. And with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to invite you, if if that is you, and you say, today, I just want, want to give my life to Jesus. I want to take the first step. Right where you're at, would you just raise your hand. You don't have to run to the front. You don't have to stand up. You can just raise your hand right where you're at. God sees you. Right there. I see you. I want everybody, would you pray with me? We believe in community and that no one should do life alone. So right now, we, we pray together, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place, for loving me when I was unlovable. I give you my shame. I give you my guilt. I give you my burdens. Come into my heart, be the Lord of my life, and let me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The angels rejoice and God's people rejoice. God bless you.